This is the Kyle Style Podcast, and this is Overnight Delivery. I'm shaking, holding a lit cigarette between my quivering lips. I just put in for a personal leave, and I don't know if I'll be coming back. I have to tell this story. There's a black van parked in my driveway, and I'm scared I know too much. For obvious reasons, I will not be divulging the location of our facility or interoperation details. Let me start from the beginning. I've been working as an Amazon associate for five years. It started out innocent enough, running product assortation lines, assisting with workflow, touching millions of boxes. I was quickly whisked away to what is referred to as problem solve, fixing product issues and shipment errors. Luckily for me, after I put my time in, I was promoted to a leadership position. I was stoked. I started last night in my new role and was super excited about being trained. All that would change quickly. Halfway into the night, management decided that there wasn't enough product and let the associates go home. So there I was, in a million square foot building at midnight, with a skeleton crew scattered throughout the building. Now, if you've ever been inside an Amazon building, you would know that during normal operations, it's filled with the sounds of warehouse work. Thousands of feet of conveyors grinding and whirring, lift trucks beeping, and alarms going off constantly. The noise is oddly comforting. Last night, there was none of this. It was completely silent. Every footfall echoed through its cavernous metal frame. I was instructed to do a quality check of our non-conveyable product to ensure it was ready for the shipment in the morning. Now, non-con, as it is so fondly named, is the product that is outside our normal shipping parameters and cannot be processed at our facility. Thus, it is tucked away in the darkest corner of the building. Even during the day, I don't prefer going back there, mostly because I'm afraid of being run over by a lift truck. Tonight was different. There was no one around. So I donned my reflective day-glow vest and ventured to the back, counting my steps as I went. Upon arriving in that dark and dusty corner, I heard a rustling coming from the racks. The racks are where we store broken equipment and non-inventory product. They take up about an eighth of the floor and go 50 feet high. I assumed that it was a temp hire messing around in the back, possibly trying to pocket some broken iPods to sell on eBay. Happens a lot more than I care to admit. So I call out. Hey, I'm coming out there. Put whatever you're messing with back, get to your assigned station before I find you, and we won't need to file a report. Silence. Seriously, you're not going to get through the metal detectors with it anyway, give it up. Losing your job over a cheap buck isn't worth it. I shuffle. Okay, I'm calling security. You had your chance. At this point, I'm pretty sure I'm dealing with a thieving employee who's too afraid to move. I remove my radio from my belt and click over to the security channel. It emits a high-pitched squeal that rings my ears. I instinctively clap my hands to my ears and drop the radio, which clatters some distance away in the dark. Fuck, I whisper to myself in the dark. The coroner replies. Frozen in terror. This is the first point where I realized it might not be a disgruntled and criminal employee. I back up against the row of racks behind me. I wonder why the motion sensor lights are not kicking on near me. Buzz click. 
the row of lights a hundred feet from me flickers on. What's moving over there, I thought. Heart racing and legs quivering. Then in a matter of three seconds, it travels toward me with inhuman speed. Buzz click, buzz click, buzz click, buzz click. The lights are popping on at an alarming rate, and about this time I gathered all my courage and moved towards it, charging at knee level just like my dad taught me to tackle. I feel something breeze past me and a brush of what felt like sandpaper on my face. At this point, real instinct kicks in. I grab in the dark for something to smash a face with. My fumbling hand finds a discarded piece of pallet riddled with nails. The weight of the 2x4 comforted and encouraged me to keep going, despite my jelly legs. I wobbled blindly through the inky black racks, at this point only hoping for survival and to keep my job. I feel three distinct claws ride down either side of my spine, and a swell of warm blood follow. Feeling like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I swing wildly in the dark until I hear the loud thunk. Stumble back, finally locating the emergency flashlight at the end of the row. I flick it on, hoping against hope that it was a sneaky janitor, and all I will lose is my job and not my life. What I found is going to live in my nightmares for the rest of my life. A pool of jet black, black liquid shimmered back at me, with tracks leading further into the darkness. I followed, dragging my kill stick with me, slightly more curious than terrified. Slightly. After thirty feet of half-claw, half-drag marks, the tracks stop. I'm nose-to-nose with a cold concrete wall. Ragged breath rasps around me. Going against my instincts, I shine the light up, and two orange discs gleam at me from the rasters. I can only describe the figure as black, with shining wetness. It looked as if someone had skinned an iguana and sewed human legs on backwards. It saw me. It skittered across the rafter toward me with a low purr. I slid under a rack and turned my light off, praying for a reprieve. The creature crab-walked to my location, upside down, nostrils flaring with each sniff, hunting for my meat. It came four inches from my face, still searching. I could smell the rotten meat on its breath. Fearing death, I closed my eyes as it snarled, and nothing. Nothing happened. I opened my eyes to find lights popping on throughout the building and people chattering as they were coming in for their shift. I slid from under the metal frame and pointed my flashlight into the dark ceiling. Hey, Rick. Did you get that shipment ready? Uh Uh-uh. So I'm home. Called Seattle, where our headquarters is located, and told them my story. They put me on a mental health leave. I don't know if senior leadership knows about this creature in the dark or, or if it lives there. All I know is Amazon started in a garage in 1994. Now it's one of the biggest online stores in the world. Was a dark force called upon to ensure the success? Are sacrifices needed? I don't know. All I know is there are two men in jogging suits knocking on my door. Please keep ordering from Amazon. I'm scared to find out what happens if you don't.